Hi, hi. Welcome to the Human Design for Marketing podcast. I'm your host, Yvette Mayer, and this show is for you if you're done with cookie-cutter marketing and ready to build your personal brand in alignment with who you really are. I'm a marketing expert, human design nerd, and intuitive business coach who's helped hundreds of women just like you to elevate their frequency and activate their most magnetic personal brand. Each week, we'll dive into practical tips, interviews, conversations, and more to help you create an aligned business, a positive contribution, and of course, an abundant life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Human Design for Marketing podcast. And this is a special week because we have an incredible guest, somebody that I have gotten to know over the last little while that is an expert in human design slash gene keys for PR. So magical. Amanda Foley, welcome welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, tonight? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited. And I know that your story is going to have so much resonance and value for the listeners. Uh, I know on our getting to know each other, there's just so much we have in common in terms of the way we think and PR is marketing, marketing is PR. So there is a, is some beautiful overlap in, yeah, how our brains work actually because I think we've both come back from such incredibly long corporate style careers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. And so, you know, we, we have this intuitive nature around how to apply human design and the gene keys to business and to marketing and to PR. So I, yeah, I'm thrilled and really appreciate you joining me for this episode. Before we move on, I would love you to share a bit about your journey, uh, how you became an expert in this field and yeah, your background. Sure. So I am Amanda Foley, as you've all gathered. I am based in Malvern, Pennsylvania in the US, which is on the East Coast, just outside of Philadelphia. And I am a PR strategy messaging consultant. Um, I work with entrepreneurs primarily to help them develop and implement personalized communication strategies using human design and the gene keys, as Yvette shared. Um, And I've been in PR for 25 years. So I spent most of my career working in healthcare, starting with large global pharmaceutical companies as corporate spokesperson and product PR uh, expert within the companies in in house and in true six line fashion. I did that for about, I don't know, like almost eight to 10, around eight to 10 years. And right at my Saturn return, I had like a very catalytic moment where I realized how unhappy I was. Mm -hmm. And then I lost a very close friend suddenly in a car accident. And I just, you know, like had this awakening moment where I was like, this can't be for nothing. And I need to really re-examine my life and what I'm doing and where I'm focused. And, you know, is this as successful as it may look on the outside? Is this bringing me fulfillment and happiness? And it definitely was not. And so um, I'm also, so I should have said I'm a four, six sacral generator. So my fourth line actually kicked in at that point and a PR agency that had, I had been their client two companies before where I was, um, she ran a network agency of consultants. And she'd always said to me, if you want to come and work for me as a consultant, you know, I'd love to have you. And in my mind, I thought, oh, why would I leave my, you know, glamorous, high powered corporate PR job, right? Like, you know, on paper, it looks so much better. But I was so unhappy. And, you know, when she told me like what I like my earning potential, I was like, 
really? And she's like, yeah, we don't tell people, you know, we don't tell our clients this because they'll be mad that, you know, like we're doing so well, like supporting them where it seems like you're on the service side. So I quit my job actually very suddenly and very sacredly at that moment. Um, At the time I had no idea what that meant, but it was a very easy. Yes. Like full body. Hell yes. For me. Um, and I left and I became a consultant for 17 years. It's been now oh. that I've done I've done that work. And um, it was great. I had a lot of freedom, autonomy. Um, I loved the people I was working with. So it just felt so good. And I kind of had like some flexibility to scale up or down depending on, you know, what I needed. I enjoyed the slow times. I loved the fast times. And it was, you know, more lucrative than my corporate career until about five years ago when I took on this very, very big account. Mm-hmm. which was really exciting and fun, but it just, it kind of brought me back to those corporate days. I lost like all mm-hmm. the things that I love, the freedom. And so after doing that for about five years, and again, like I'm I'm 47 now, so I'm getting close to now, like that third phase of the six line, yeah. I started to have those feelings again. And would you know it, the universe actually decided that my client was going to get acquired by a bigger company Ooh. and the project went away like almost overnight. And so I was faced about two years ago. Now I was faced with this really, really big decision. Um, do I take on a new project or do I take a break? Yeah. And it's funny, actually, this Friday, I'm going back to the lake where we were when I had to make this decision. So it's really, you know, um, so synchronicitous that I'll be back here two years later, like revisiting mm-hmm. how far I've come since I decided to take that break. I took almost a year off of work and I you know, was fortunate enough to be able to do that. And I just did like self-work. I, I had learned about human design in 2020. And so I dove really deeply into that mm-hmm. modality and so many others. And, you know, essentially what happened, I'll get to the point here, is that I started meeting all of these people in the spaces. I'm sure you did too, where they're like, I'm tired of being told how to market my business. These approaches don't, you know, they feel one size fits all. They don't work for me. And they were really interested in PR because I think sometimes PR sort of sits like in this little world of its own, even though people kind of hear about it and know what it is. It's like this, you know, I always say it's not rocket science, but I think there's just sort of like, there's this curtain in front of it that people don't always understand um, you know, exactly how it works or they don't think they're big enough to, to mm-hmm. get on podcasts or be in media. And so I was like, you know, I have an opportunity here. Maybe I can help these people learn how to do PR for themselves. And so it sort of started there and then evolved pretty quickly into the fact where I'm like, well, why can't I personalize it and add human design? Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, almost two years ago now launched my company and I've been working with clients. I, I do PR for a very select number of clients, Emma Dunwoody, our mutual friend being yes. one of them, which is such yeah. a joy to work with her and that team. I feel mm-hmm. really, really blessed um, to be able to do that. And then I work one-on-one with clients to build personalized strategy and messaging. And then I also now am teaching group courses with Jess Bubico, who you know, who's on yep. the show, <laughs> where we take people through their gene key sequences. Um, I just did an activation sequence version where people would write their business manifesto out of their activation sequence. Okay. And then we do the, we're, we just started another one this week of the prosperity sequence. And so it's really great because people walk away. It's like self-exploration and business work at the same time, as you know, which yeah, is like what makes yeah, what love, we do I've so done much the, fun. Um, I did the last round of the prosperity sequence with Jess. So I am yeah. very familiar and I absolutely, absolutely yeah. love it. it. And it, I love it too. It really changed my business in a way. I mean, oh, was, me too. But yeah, it really changed me. my business and the way that I think about the fusion of human design and the gene keys versus them separately. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I look at them as very complimentary. It's 
the, to me, that human design is the energy and the energetics and the how, and the jinkies give us that, you know, those words, I think sometimes that we know deep inside, right. But we we're afraid to claim, we don't want to say these things about ourselves and it gives us permission to do that. And I think they just work so beautifully together in business for sure. And I also love about, well, Richard, his language is, is incredibly empowering, Mm -hmm. comparatively to Ra and the way that the shadows are are really communicated as as part of our gifts and something that is going to be in us. And we know that as humans, right? We have the shadow side. Uh, But being able to appreciate that it's on a spectrum and that we have the ability to lean into the gift, uh, I think, yeah very, very. Yeah. I mean, that, that pain is our path and our purpose. Right. And I think when Mm -hmm. we can, you know, I see this so much in my own life too, when, when I get those feelings of discomfort that we all have all, you know, from time to time, it's so easy to have a place to go back and revisit those gifts and just say, or the shadows, I mean, and say like, which shadow am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. How do I allow it, accept it, embrace it. And it's, it's just really, it's like almost, unbelievable to me sometimes how much it helps us move through things so much faster by just knowing it's just part of it yeah absolutely and and you know it's uh I shared this with when I was talking to Jess on the podcast but one of the major things that kind of surfaced for me in doing the prosperity sequence that is that I am designed to thrive in partnerships and I'd always resisted working with others uh from a collaboration perspective because I think I'd been burnt in the corporate world and learned not to trust uh, anyone but myself, really, when it came to how I was going to run my own business. And so that's been uh, quite the unraveling. And I'm actually also oh, yeah. collaborating on a on a. I'm running a co-running a mastermind uh, at the moment, which I would never have never have considered to be honest if I hadn't been through this work. So yeah, it was really profound in. Also just stepping into the possibility of what you learn in human design and in the gene keys, instead of resisting, it's like, okay, well, if, and I say this to my clients a lot, if I were to put aside any skeptic or skepticism about this, and I accepted that this is who I am designed to be, and I experimented with it, what have I got to lose? Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And I agree with you. That vocation line for me, which is, was also really, really telling because I'm in the three, which is the line mm-hmm. of, well, actually, so you're talking about culture. So you're the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I'm in the, I'm a four in culture, which is means I'm meant to work with the networks, which makes so much sense to me too, because it's like, I worked for a network PR agency and was so happy doing that. And now I work in all different, across all different networks too. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the, the vocation line too. Like for me, just to learn that really strategy is my skill, and that I'm not always meant to do all of the PR for people, but to help people understand how was mm-hmm. also really transformative. So I agree with you. Like yeah. it, it, the prosperity sequence helps us make, helps us make tweaks to our business that yeah. you know feel so aligned that like we maybe wouldn't have even thought about otherwise. Yeah, it, it yeah. really does. But you do have to have this like I'm open to trying and and also be not fixed in it's bad in any way if it doesn't end up feeling like the right thing for you right yeah exactly right that's the beauty of it is that you take what resonates and you leave what doesn't like all of it Mm -hmm. now I wouldn't mind if it's okay by you to talk a little bit about uh PR for the entrepreneur solopreneur Mm -hmm. 
how it fits into marketing your business, mm-hmm. when and how and why you would do that as probably a compliment or, or yes. particularly your entire strategy. I'd love to explore that with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they, they're like brother and sister. They work, you know, the yin and the yang. They work very, very well together yeah. um, as they're meant to. And I think they they achieve very different objectives, but that all support the end goal. And so the way I view PR is that it's anything that we do that affects public perception of you, right? And that could mean a lot of different things. There's lots of disciplines within PR itself. Like for the most part, and for my purposes, it's focused on um, earned media. So placements in magazines, newspapers, digital outlets, podcasts. So anything that, you know, you have to be invited to participate in. You can't purchase it. It's not, you know, it's not something, it's not a platform you own. Um, And so, like I said, they go hand in hand because PR, I feel, helps to build your credibility and serves as this third-party endorsement because you can't pay for it. Essentially, it's like, you know, it's, it's it's um can you know feel a little nebulous sometimes because it doesn't mm-hmm. claim to drive sales and i think that's where a lot of people struggle with pr cuz they're like well i need to have it you know what's the roi i need to have it meet the bottom line but the way i look at it is it, it prov- provides this supportive platform for sales and marketing mm-hmm. because when someone comes across your work whether that's you know social media marketing efforts advertising whatever it is they're going to look into you more deeply to learn more and so when they find you in the media on podcast interviews or they see those logos on your site it's just going to add reputational credibility which is going to help make that decision easier for people so I don't see, you know, I think there's like lots of different schools of thoughts out there where it's like, you know, one owns social media, one owns this, but I think that they really are complementary. And even things like social media, which I, you know, again, like this is in, especially in like my corporate PR world, there's a big fight over digital because that became the big thing. And it's like PR owns this, marketing owns this. But I think that they, you know, they work together, you know, to me, social is still something you're saying about yourself. I do view it overall as a marketing tactic that I think we all kind of just need to use. I know I'm never going to sell from social media as a line four, but I know that people are going to go look at me there. They're going to look at my content. They want to see what I'm putting out there so they can know me better. PR supports supports that. And if they want to really know me more personally, maybe they go find me on a podcast and spend 30 or 60 minutes listening to me and, you know, feeling me, right? Like you can get Mm -hmm. a feel for people when you hear that. But now even things like Instagram lives, I almost see that as a podcast platform in essence, because, you know, it's a type of PR in that sense, because you're being introduced to an audience that's not your own by invitation. So Mm -hmm. overall, anything that's going to affect your perception um, to me is PR, but I think like marketing and PR, they need to work. I think they work together. They shouldn't, they shouldn't ever butt heads. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Um, Like my head went down a complete rabbit hole as you were talking then, because my background, uh, whilst it was in advertising and mark and marketing, largely, like specifically, it was in placement of media, paid advertising mm-hmm. over paid, the course yeah. of my career. That that actually also became any type of media, including an opinion on PR. Mm-hmm. Not doing it, but considering it as a as the role of PR for the campaign. But the mm-hmm. interesting part is we did attribution modeling, so we would also evaluate the entire marketing ecosystem and probably in in what I would consider to be PR it was more as a media buying agency we would negotiate a sponsorship which would then yes. have um for example appearance like an advertorial right like not where you even. would have like oh not even not that even. it could it could actually be 
included in the program more subtly. So it, it is genuinely feels like it's the content, which mm-hmm. is very PR oriented versus paid. Yeah, and that's pretty much that's my view of PR, especially where yeah. I work now. And you see a lot too, like which I mean, I think too, in in like with the type of clients that you and I work with is a little bit sh- like schmarmy, but. I get these emails on LinkedIn all the time or messages on LinkedIn where they're like, oh, you know, buy a placement for your client. And I'm like, I said, I focus on earned media. Not that there's anything wrong with sponsored for some people. And they say, oh, well, a lot of our clients bury the cost in their client. And I'm like, I said, no, (laughs) that's not what they're paying me for. If I can't deliver earned media, then I shouldn't be taking their money. And it is a, it's a different, I would say like, like I'll never claim to understand the art of marketing entirely. Like I would bring somebody in, like I probably need to talk to you at some point more about like <laughs> building a marketing strategy. Yeah. But like from a PR perspective, I think it is definitely an art that is, you know, is is very discreet in its own, you know, it's, it, it stands alone. I, I guess um, where I was taking us on this little journey of, of my career is in the attribution modeling process, we would be evaluating all of the touch points Mm-hmm. Whether that was paid advertising, earned media, like all of the things, uh, to get a view of not just the final decision making, which in digital media would be considered the last click, but what else did they see along their journey from mm-hmm. being cold to purchasing? And anything that is PR related is off the charts, is what I want to yeah. say. Well, but and that's and it, it is because you you do have to earn. I mean, where they call it, don't call it earned for nothing. It can be really tough, and it takes, you know, especially in the digital media front. Now it's so competitive. Mm. There's so many people out there. It's so easy to to you know for people to figure out that they can pitch themselves. There's platforms like Haro, Help a Reporter Out, where they put out calls for experts. There's hundreds of people that, you know, aren't PR people that have figured out, like, I can do this for myself, which I think is fantastic because I yeah. think PR does not need to be behind that curtain. I think yeah. that's why, again, I love adding things like the Gene Keys in human design because I think it gives me something to teach people. Like, I always say PR is not the rocket science part of it. Like, if you understand the steps and you're a good relationship builder and you are good at doing research and being thoughtful and how you, just like you would treat anybody else, you treat a reporter, you know, you wouldn't just send a cold email or you shouldn't just send a cold email yeah. to someone and like offer something that's not relevant to them or whatever yeah. you know it's, it's it's very similar to marketing in that sense in that I'm yeah. sort of marketing my client to the reporter and trying to get them Lately. to buy yeah yeah so when you're doing that as an individual are you focusing on building relationships with reporters or people that are decision makers like is that even possible as, a, as yes. an individual Wow. It is. I mean, you know, what I'll say is this. Um, there's so many reporters out there. And there's so many outlets out there. But it's to me, especially as a generator, it's about being in response. So I pay attention to what's going on out there in the space. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read yeah. a lot of digital media. And to me, it's like it's not like I'm going to the reporter with the exact story they just wrote. But sometimes I'll say, oh, they're interested in this. And mm-hmm. so when I go to the reporter, I say, you know, I read your article on X. I really think that you might be interested in this potential angle. And so it's a lot yeah. about for me, it's being in response versus just like trying Cult. to throw something at at the wall. And there's, you know, there's all different approaches, you know, that different people would take based on their type. But I think in general, that's a good practice for anybody to think mm-hmm. about when you're pitching someone is yeah. making sure it's really relevant and tailored. But what I have found is this. So as you start to connect and it's, you know, people, 
PR people will come in and say, oh, I have all the contacts. I have all the relationships. And that's never really true, but you can build relationships. So if you find the reporters or the podcasters that are covering your, you know, your beat or your content area, you can just reach out to say like, you know, I have X, Y, and Z. Is this something that you're interested in? You can, you know, it's, it's literally just about, um, it's about building the relationship and also showing them that you're offering value to the reader. So that's the other piece that I think a lot of people yeah. forget. You don't just pitch and say, well, here's all the wonderful things that I do and I can talk about. It. It's like, here's, you know, why your readers would want to know this. Here's why it's relevant. Here's why it's trending. Here's why this is important to know about now. And so you're delivering them something and the easier you make it to do their job, make it for them to do their job, the, yeah, the more likely you are. And then they remember you the next time. And sometimes it takes months. I mean, I even like pitched myself for a story um, via Haro, uh, like, I think it's been like almost a year now. And actually it's coming out this week as a story on me and healing my health conditions naturally in women's wow. day, <laughs> women's day that's coming yeah. out, but you know, it's just, I just did that for fun, but I mean, it also sometimes shows you, it can take a long time to facilitate those stories from start to finish. So PR is also a marathon. It's not a sprint. And a lot of people want that immediate ROI, yeah. but you know, like I've been working with Emma for a year and we've had some amazing results, but I mean, I feel like a year in, we're really starting to have traction. And reporters I connected her with six months ago are writing stories. They come back around to us, especially with a topic like human Mm -hmm. design, which isn't quite as mainstream. And we're talking Uh, like pretty big outlets. In our world, we're we're like, it's massive. And in in the real world, it's not. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, you know, again, it's, it's about patience. It's about just being, you know, smart and thoughtful. And, you know, for the most, I feel like I went in like a big circle. I don't remember how we started, but I mean, really it, it has a lot to just do with it's it's a lot of common sense, quite frankly. Yeah. And tell me, as you were talking, I was like, it, it seems to me that PR would be amazing for projectors because mm-hmm. it is an invitation. However, to get the invitation, you've almost got to ask. So how does that all work? Yeah. So that's a great question. So the way I talk to projector, teach projectors to approach, because our type really is our, it's our energetic approach as we know in life, but it's also affects how we want to reach out to the media. And for, it's really simple. And I'm sure you do the same thing with marketing and you, you teach similarly, but it's really just the nuance of how you approach the outlet or the reporter that you want to engage with. And so I always say, it's not like reaching out and saying, I have this really great information that I want to share with your audience. It's, you know, like I, it's again, like being complimentary, recognizing the reporter or the podcaster for what they, their content and what they put out and said, if you're open to it, I would really love to share some information. So it's really just about those subtleties of language and it makes a difference. I mean, I have had, I've had projectors come to me where they've started, you know, because people think you have to be assertive and confident and aggressive, but I think there's really something to be said for them taking a much softer approach and then it doesn't sort of put up that wall. And I, you know, the in from a marketing context with projectors, I'm always talking about this depth of wisdom, this unique, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to say perspective, which I use with generators a lot as well, but they do have this unique level of depth and detail uh, I liken it to being the world's best tour guide that knows all the back roads and the best restaurants and how to take out the little boat instead of get on the big, you know, 300. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the like, local, right. They know all the local tricks and tips. Yeah. But in their specific field mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the way I teach is it's for your energy type, 
best to be a bit uncomfortable about giving away some of that what feels like your zone of genius because mm-hmm. that's what's going to lead to the invitations. And mm-hmm. so from a PR perspective, I, I love the kind of sh- shift uh, or the appreciation of how to position yourself and not come across as pushy, like I have exactly the best information to share right now, but like are yes. you open to it? But then once thing? you're invited, it's amazing because I always say PR is perfect for for um, projectors because it's by invitation. And so once you make yourself visible in the right way, mm-hmm. you're, you know, they're most likely Game going on. to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you've done one um, commentary or interview or whatever, yes. then you like, start then- to build the invitations. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of uh, one of my beautiful clients um, that I'm going to have on the podcast soon from the frequency project that I recently ran where mm-hmm. my incredible students were also gifted with some of your wisdom uh, through the bonuses that that we shared. Uh, but yeah, this particular client, she her, her name is Grace. As I said, she's going to be on the podcast soon. Uh, she's a projector and she had never gotten to understand human design. She took a really big leap of faith to join the program and it blew her mind. Um, but she's still re- really learning about how her energy works. And I think this episode for her is going to be so amazing to really get that, uh, as as well as all you other projectors out there listening to this. Mm-hmm. It just really brought that top of mind for me. Yeah, I love projectors. I tend to attract. I tend to attract them in my life in general. Like okay. all like three or four of my best friends are projectors. My son is a projector. Wow. My sister's a projector. Amazing. So you know, it's I, I definitely see and recognize projectors for sure, and I think they have so much beautiful wisdom to offer. And I yeah. also think podcasts especially are just so wonderful for them too, because, it, you know, these sort of like open-ended questions that give them the opportunity to really speak yeah. and share and be heard. Flex their wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on that, would you have a similar tip for the other types? I do. And so, you know, so as I mentioned, even with myself for generators, it's, you know, it's really great to be in response. Um, that can even just mean researching. So, you know, spending a lot of time really finding the best targets that you want to, you know, either reach out to, whether they're outlets, report specific reporters, uh, podcasts, really knowing them so that when you reach out, it feels very personal. And you talk about how much you enjoy their content, how it lights mm-hmm. you up. And then also being really clear on the mastery that you, you know, that you have that you can off, you know, you can share about a specific topic. And so I would say they're probably the most important things for generator is just to, again, like when you're reaching out, be in response. Yeah. Um, for manifesting generators, I always say they're very similar to generators, obviously, but for them, sometimes they need to mix up their angles. So it's important mm-hmm. for them to not be pitching the same people, the same specific topic. Sometimes it's about, you know, whether it's changing the topic entirely, or then of course, talking about how they put things together in unique ways is always another great way for the manifesting generators to get attention because it just shows Mm -hmm. how they can just do so many, you know, they have this like ability to just be magical and do all the things. Uh, For manifestors, you can be pretty bold. And I think just in, you know, generally speaking for manifestors to initiate. So like Jess, as you know, Mm -hmm. she's done a lot of PR around her, her children's book. And, you know, she and I talked about it and I gave her, gave her some tips and I said, you just, just go do it. (laughs) It's like, just go reach out to whoever you want to reach out to, whatever feels good, you initiate and you'll see, I mean, she's done like two or three now, she has another one coming up, local television interviews. So she's had like broadcast success. And she's done this 
as her own PR agent. Yes. Yeah. Really? Like I said, I gave her some, I gave her some guidance, but she did it all, you know, she did it wow. all herself. Like I, I helped her. I have access to the, you know, like the big media databases and things like that. And so I did give her, you know, I helped her with finding some of the context that can be doors. a challenge too, <laughs> yeah. but she, yeah, but she, but she did it all by herself and she just reached out, she, you know, she, and again, like manifestors sort of have a little bit of carte blanche on that, that yeah. front. They can just sort of go and say, here I am. And then for reflectors, the thing that's the most important is that it's not about the bigger podcast or the exciting outlet, it has to feel good. So it could be this amazing podcast, but if you don't align with the, the energy of the content, the host, yeah. you're not going to actually present your best self. So it's amazing. really about feeling good about who you're reaching out to and taking, you know, as always taking the time yeah. as a reflector. And then for the, for the non-sacral types too, I think sometimes the reason PR can be appealing to them is because it doesn't necessarily have to be this like everyday thing. So you can do PR when you have the energy for it. So if you want to, you know, you feel like you have some energy, you want to pitch, you can do it and then you can put it aside and then you can pick it up again. It's not something that you necessarily have to sustain day in and day out. And I think for some mm -hmm. of the sacral types, they tend to like that because it feel it takes some of that energetic pressure off. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, know, you pitch when you have the urge or the energy. Yeah. For a more generator type, would you have a number of hours that you should spend on PR per week as a hmm. soul I mean, person? I, ideally, if someone could spend a, just two to three hours a week mm -hmm. doing research and, and reaching out, like if you have your, you know, once you sort of have your pitch written and you're going to adapt it a little bit, but you're pretty yeah. much going to take talk about the same thing all the time. I mean, when you start getting a little bit like to, with the bigger outlets, like I pitch for Emma, like I'm really like niching topics and pitches to like weave into trending story, you know, like that gets a, is where it does get a little bit more complicated. But yeah. for most of the PR, for like for your listeners, for people like you and, and me, like when we're reaching out, we know what we want to talk about. We have a pretty set, mm -hmm. you know, specific audience, a specific topic. Your pitch is going to be written. And yeah, just doing it like maybe an hour of research, an hour of pitching each week, follow, you know, making sure to follow up. Um, like in the materials I shared with your class, there's all kinds of cool tools that you can use to track email opens so you can know when to follow up. You know, we have all these little behind the scenes things. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah. And that actually, it makes it so much easier because like, for example, I followed up with a reporter this week and like I, had, it actually was like one I had been in contact with a long, long time ago, not specifically for, um, for any of my clients now, but I saw she was writing about human design and I was like, all right, I'm on this. Mm -hmm. But I noticed when I responded to the help a reporter app request, she wasn't opening my email. So I'm like, I'm going to email her directly. So it's like, you know, just things paying. like that, just paying attention to those things. But, you know, there's so many little cool tools, like you can schedule emails to go out now with yeah. Gmail and yeah. you can have them pop back up for follow-up in two weeks. And we have all these little tips and tricks that we can use now that make like the PR pieces a lot yeah. easier and yeah. a little more automated too. But it's just, you know, again, like how would you reach out if you like anybody if you reached out to, mm -hmm. on I don't know, like a business email for a client or something and they weren't getting back to you, just following up nicely and just saying, you know, I know you're busy and I just wanted to bring this back to the top. If you, you know. If yeah. you're not interested, just let me know. You know, some ways it's that's the hard thing about PR for a lot of people is it feels like you're yelling into a black hole because reporters <laughs> and podcasters are so busy that they don't yeah. always respond at all. And sometimes yeah. it's almost like getting the feedback that they just don't have room or they're not interested yeah, actually is helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes because I think that's discouraging to a lot of people. So I always just say you have to be patient and persistent. Yeah. Yeah. as well as authentic. Oh, this has been amazing. I'm so grateful that you came on for this conversation. And 
I've learned a lot and I know the listeners, I, I particularly, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, okay, I can do two to three hours a week. I can do yeah. this. You know what I mean? It, you can. It feels so big and daunting, but it, it well, is. Go in my little tool book that I shared. I know I have, I have, have all book. the little, all my little secret tools are in there oh, that yeah. you can, uh, oh, yeah. you can use. But also I, I will say that I, and this is for everybody to to learn from, I know for a fact that getting in front of people in like a podcast environment or collaborating and presenting a masterclass is the most high return use of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Well, that's based on my personal experience and working with lots of clients as well. Uh, so it is something that I think we resist because we don't know much about it. We feel like it's hard work. Maybe we don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're out of touch. People feel like it's out of reach sometimes too, and it's absolutely. not. Absolutely. When mm-hmm. the truth is you could take a couple of hours a week and shift your attention away from something that's probably not working so hard in your business right now yeah. and get huge returns. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. And I think certain profile line numbers, you know, as well, like somebody like me benefits from doing this type of outreach for myself, because as I mentioned, like I know social, I need to be there. I think maybe we said this before we started recording, Mm -hmm. but I know I need to be on social media, but as a line four, I know I'm not likely to sell from there too. Like people need to really be in my energy and feel me. And so for me, like going into people's networks and presenting or putting myself, you know, out there with media really goes a long way. And so I think sometimes, you know, like for you, using your voice is so important as that, you know, with that line five. And so I think, you know, for all the, all the profile lines too, but I think that there's a lot of benefit, especially for types that maybe aren't going to see as much return, like without that sort of personal touch. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, with the line four, uh, one of my biggest pieces of advice to line fours is have a podcast or get on as many as possible because Mm -hmm. it really speeds up the no like trust like nothing else, such yes. an intimate, incredible way to connect with people. So thank you for connecting to my audience. Yeah, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, I know there will be people that want to learn more from you. So I'd love you to share what you've got coming up, potentially where they can find you, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm right in the, the, actually, we just started our, our group course this week. So, and if anybody wanted to jump on there, you know, they'd only be one week behind, but I understand that we're a little behind the eight ball on that one, but um, you can find me at curateyoursoul.com. I have a bunch of different offerings for, you know, support for PR strategy and one-on-one messaging support. And on Instagram, I'm at curate.your.soul. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Just love this conversation. I'm sure that down the track, we'll have you back and uh, look forward to hanging out with you in the future. I just had this idea before we started talking. I'm like, wouldn't it be great if we had a retreat for the little network that has grown that Emma sprung? Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. I'm going to mention it to her. Anyway, okay, bye, guys. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Human Design for Marketing podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, tell your friends, and extra brownie points, go leave me a review. I would so appreciate it. There are heaps more resources in the show notes. I can't wait to be back in your ears again soon. Bye for now.